0: Chopra buddy, and welcome to the Weird Science Marvel Comics podcast, episode 172, where I am going to be doing a spotlight and finishing up the born-again story that is Frank Miller's Daredevil deal. And when we go into this, it's one of those things. If you listen to last episode that I talked about Daredevil, boy, that was one of the best issues I've ever read. And Daredevil number 230 – one of the best comics I've ever read. So going into 231, could it possibly live up to that 230? Not really, but we'll see why I say that in a minute. And I'll, spoiler, I still love it. It's just that it wasn't as great as 230. But before I do go into that, let me tell you where you can find us all around. We're on Twitter at WSMarvel Comics. You follow us, we'll follow you back. We have a website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, where we are reviewing again The new comics is a bunch of comics came out digital only, but we did review most of those. And we have a Patreon account, patreon.com slash weird science, where you can support us for this podcast. If you also listen to the DC podcast, but also get a ton of other shows in return. And one of the big shows that we do every Wednesday, me and Brandon get together and do a Marvel Comics Patreon only spotlight. We had been doing classic issues or as I like to call them classiques. But we had new comics this past week, so we're starting to put the new comics on the poll that the bad butts of the Fresh Start crew, beep, boop, end up being able to pick those. And they did, and we ended up this past spotlight being Ant-Man number four, a, a book that I really like, and I think a lot more people should read it. And Star Wars Doctor Afra number one, a book that I was not very familiar with, but this number one got me on board, so there's some positivity right there. Some other things that we do, I do a lot of other shows and things, and a lot of Marvel shows. And one thing that I did of note the past day or two is the Marvel Comics event podcast, where I talked about the Galactus Trilogy, the 1966 story in the Fantastic Four, and I really enjoyed that as well, but let's get To the matter at hand, we're going to finish up The Born Again story, it's Daredevil number 231 An issue that came out, or at least published Date June 1986 An issue that is titled Saved, and it's written by Frank Miller Pencils and inks by David Mazzucchelli Colors by Max schiel And letters by Joe Rosen And I said I didn't like this as much as Issue number 230, now Issue number 230, I Proclaimed probably one of the best issues i've ever read you 're not going to be able to say that each time you read an issue, or else that's nonsense now I see that a lot on people 's reviews and things like that, but that 's a different story altogether so going into this and and really, the big thing was in two thirty I said I really cannot find anything wrong with what's going on in this issue i have I, art story nothing, nothing wrong with it. This issue. I have two things that kind of bother me that don't really play out as well as I think they should. So that's why I am a little bit lower than a perfect score on this one. You have a cover that shows Daredevil dressed as Daredevil hitting Matt with a baton. And this is the homeless type Matt here. And when we ended up the last issue near the end, we saw that Kingpin. And really, Felix, my man, goes to Melvin Potter, who makes the costumes for the superheroes, and saying, we need you to make a Daredevil costume. We're going to find out why that is, and that's what's going on on that pretty cool cover. Well, we start off the issue with a dual setup here. You end up having Matt Murdock in Fogwell's gym, hitting the heavy bag, until he ends up knocking it off the chain. It's off the chain, like the kids say. It's very reminiscent of, if you've watched the Marvel movies, Captain America did the same thing in that, but this is more of a, oh my God, look at Matt, he's ready to go. Anybody who went through all of the crap that he did going into this, and I'm talking just the physical abuse is now able to punch a heavy bag and knock it off the chain, you know he's ready to go. So that is a really good setup so that throughout this issue, you're not going to sit there, wait a second, I thought that his ribs still hurt her. Wait a second, he had this. No, you get that right out of the way. And it's almost Frank Miller saying, okay, everybody, look, Matt's fine. Let's go. And in the meantime, though, There is a board of directors, a financial meeting that Kingpin's having, and he pretty much says, hey, everybody, crime's up, profit's up, everything's great. All right, you're dismissed. Go on, have a nice time. Well, you end up having a Mr. Switzer who must have gotten the short straw here because he's a guy that after all this meeting, he must have been nervous this whole time because he has to get up and say, "Uh, yeah, uh, Mr. Fisk." We we have an issue here. People are talking and we see that there's, you know, things going on. But we think you're the greatest. I mean, we don't think anything wrong of you. We're just wondering because while a vendetta is fine and dandy, we've noticed that a lot of personnel and money has been allocated for a Matt Murdoch. Like, what's going on? Why so much attention? Why so much money and personnel going towards This Matt Murdock, because, you know, I don't have a problem with it myself, but boy, people are talking and I I just want to know what's going on. And pretty much Wesley, as this is going on, Wesley's writing out a check and ends up putting it on the table. And Kingpin says, all right, uh, Mr. Switzer, this check is pretty much buying you out of your stock in the company. It's the fair market value as well. You take this check. And you get the heck out of my sight right now or your family dies. And I really thought, boy, that that is pretty harsh, but not as harsh as I thought it was going to be. I, I actually thought that old Mr. Switzer was going to be dead right there and then. But you end up seeing that this isn't just going to be the end of the pain for Mr. Switzer, though still Kingpin does not order him to be killed. What he does say as Wesley comes over after everybody's excuse. Uh, Mr. Switzer has a weekend in Colorado planned He does ski And then you just have Kingpin there smoking a cigar Compound fracture, both legs So they're going to break his legs But that really, to go and stand up like that And pretty much seems to shame Kingpin a bit in front of the board of directors Uh, I think that Mr. Switzer, he gets off a little easy there While we do end up seeing Matt hit the heavy bag off the chain, so we know he's ready to go. But what we're going to deal with for a bit of the issue here is actually Ben Urick. And from the repercussions of Ben Urick last issue, while he's sitting on that park bench, he took those bandages off his broken fingers and said, Matt Murdock, and I pumped my fist in the air. Well, it seems that Ben has gotten some guts. He has listened to J. Jonah Jameson about... The Power of the Press, and he is doing a six-part series on the Kingpin of Crime. But right here, he is actually downtown at the police station, and he is giving a statement to the police on the murder of Police Lieutenant Nick Manolis, who was saying that he was going to come out and say that Kingpin was involved in framing Matt Murdock, and the Kingpin had, had Nick killed. And so they take his statement. And they think, okay, this is a guy, Ben Uric, he's already writing articles. You do see it. Uh He's in danger, so we're going to have an officer go around with him, a big Swede by the name of Hedgefers. But in the meantime, he also has different and more information about Matt Murdock because, you know, what would he want with Matt Murdock? And he does know pretty much Matt's powers. He knows that he uses them to be able to tell if somebody's lying, things like that. But he's not going to tell that the police even says, if I did that, if I told them about the heightened senses, if I told them about how the heartbeat, things like that, they would probably lock me up with that. But it is pretty good because you do end up seeing the, you know, kind of homeless-looking Matt. You don't even see his full body at this point, but you see his hands grabbing a paper out of the trash and reading the deal about the kingpin of crime, the article that Ben Urich was writing. And as they're walking out of the police station, you do have this big bodyguard, Hedgefers, with Ben, but they end up, Ben's like, I wish that Matt was here. I wish you were here, Matt. I wish I knew you were alive, and I always felt safe when you were walking around with me. And they go by an alley where Matt's kind of tucked in there. He is watching over Ben as... You end up seeing the repercussions of all this going down. You get Lois, who was the big behemoth nurse that ended up killing Nick Manolese and also breaking the fingers of Ben Urich. She's been called in by my man Felix because they're relocating her. They can't have her around. She ended up killing a cop. And she thinks that she should be awarded. She's like, yeah, I killed a cop and I did a real good job about it. So why am I being relocated to Arizona? And you yeah, have Felix with this crazy talk that I love, just saying, you know, I know almost doing that with his collar. Yeah, you know, it's not permanent. We'll bring you back in a little bit. But you end up having Lois. She doesn't like this and says, this sounds like a Ben Urich problem and I'm going to go solve it. I'm going to relocate that Ben Uric myself. And she goes off. Well, you do have Felix saying, no, 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 you know that, you know, that Mr. Fisk does not want that going down. You, you're not supposed to do that. Well, she goes off. And this is where you're going to lead to the problem at one of the problems that I have with this issue, because we do end up seeing Ben and this Hedgefors. They're at a diner. They're eating. You have Hedgefors, like, what do they call this? That is a hamburger, my friend. But he is going to stay the night at least with Ben and his wife Doris, because he's there for protection. But why aren't they protecting Doris already? Why aren't they going? And if they think there is a threat, there is certainly a threat to Doris. This is the kingpin we're talking about. They would know where Ben Urich lives, and there would be trouble. At least have Ben call and say, "Hey, go to your mother's, go to your friends, And, and mother not even go to a friend's house, go somewhere, get out of the apartment for a while before I can come and get you." Well, he ends up calling. His wife, hey, Doris, we're going to have this guy here. He's a real tall Swede. He's a detective. That's my bodyguard. Oh, what's that? You're going to set out a bed for him? I know. I told him you'd do that anyway. What? There's somebody knocking at the door. Okay, see you later, honey. No, no, no. If you're talking on the phone with your wife, After putting out articles about Kingpin, after going to the police and making a statement about the idea that a police officer was killed because of Kingpin ordering a hit, you better ask your wife to at least stay on the line while you go answer the door. Ask who it is, honey. Don't answer. Pretend you're not there. Whatever the case may be, please don't let your wife just go, okay, and hang up. And then she goes to the door. Two seconds later, I mean, one, two, two steps to the door. Hello? And looks through the peephole, and you have Lois, the nurse. Mrs. Yurick it's your husband. It's very bad. Uh, it's very bad. I just talked to him three seconds ago. How bad could it be? I'm not letting you in, and I, I don't know where she could escape. Now, if that is the case, she had to have opened this door. Because when Ben and the Hedgefords come in the next panel to come home, The door is not forced open. The locks are not broken. It's locked as they are there and they're banging on the door. Oh, Doris, she must not hear me. She, uh, I told her not to answer the door for anyone. Unfortunately, she already did and it was Lois, the nurse. So when you go in, you end up Having Lois open the door And as Ben walks in She kind of knees him in the gut And throws him down Where you have Hedgefords grab his gun And she ends up being able to hold his arm off And just smashes him into the wall He seems out of it And as this is going on Ben is kind of limping away Oh my god And he hears a gurgle coming from the bathroom And he even says Oh where's Doris Where's Doris You know you're expecting her to already be dead now, what Lois has done is set up what would have looked like Doris committing suicide. This is not going to be her just killing someone. It can't look like anything that was connected with anybody else but a woman committing suicide, which is awful. And she's hanging from the roof where you have been trying to loosen this knot of what is hanging her to the roof. And he can't do it. It's too tight. Now, in the meantime, you would wonder why isn't Lois, the nurse, coming in and grabbing Ben and stopping him from this and maybe killing him, whatnot, because it did look like Hedgeford was. He should be knocked out. Well, we see that somebody else has entered, and it is Matt. Matt did follow them. We saw that he was looking. He was at the diner, and then when they left, he must have followed them because he's afraid. He read that article that was in the trash that, okay, Ben is doing something about the Kingpin, that's going to be dangerous for him and his family, I'd better stick around, i better see what's going on, and you do see, before, you know, anything else, you just see his arm come and punch this Lois, but you recognize the puffy jacket and the red gloves, you're like, all right, as Ben Urich is struggling to get his wife down, he ends up getting a straight razor uh, that he uses to shave his face, and he ends up being able to cut it down, well, you end up where... This Lois tries to pick up Hedgeford's gun that he dropped, you know, and this is where Matt just kicks her, roundhouse kicks her. He better have action jeans on. That that sort of thing does end up, you know, breaking or ripping the inseam there of the pants. My son, Zach, actually is in martial arts, and he ended up trying to show that he could do this roundhouse kick, and he ripped his pants. It was hilarious. But it's not hilarious for Lois, who ends up getting her jaw broken, and then when Ben Finally comes out, and Ben's like, I'm, oh my God, in my own home, right? My own home, I can't believe it, in my own home. He does come out, and he sees Hedgeford's knocked out. But then he also sees this Lois, who has a broken jaw, which he, he can tell, I guess, even though she's face down in the carpet, but also is got the handcuffs on her, and he realizes, Matt, you're alive. He says it sinks in, Matt, you're alive. The phone rings then, and you end up having Melvin Potter on the other side of the telephone conversation, and he has been reading Ben Erich's articles on Kingpin, and he wants somebody to help him. He needs somebody to give him advice, he needs somebody to give him some direction, but also maybe I can get this Ben Eurich he seems to be standing up for things, and I like this idea where when Ben ends up deciding i'm going to have to do something about this i'm going to have to write these articles, whether or not you know I may get my fingers broken or now my his wife almost gets killed. But this courage is what other people, like a Melvin Potter, is being like, okay, he's the one who ended up speaking up against Kingpin. I know Kingpin's doing something bad, so I'm going to go and call him, and maybe I can do something so we can stop all this. And it's, it's a pretty quick but nice idea of you just need one person to step up, and when Matt wasn't around, when you ended up having Matt, you know, not Daredevil go, there wasn't anybody stepping up. Well, now you have Ben Yurik stepping up. Eventually, we'll have Daredevil stepping up again. But unfortunately, Ben, he's too frazzled with all this stuff going on. Also, he might start at this point thinking, well, maybe I should lay low a little. My wife almost just got killed. I got Yeah, and he's like, you know, I, I have something about the kingpin I need to talk to you tonight about. And he's like, no, no, no. I can't talk. Maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow. And he just wants to get off. He's still there holding that straight razor. I just think he's really frazzled. And he ends up, you know, hanging up as you end up having Melvin Potter say, but it has to be tonight. It's a matter of life and click. But you do see that Matt didn't leave the apartment. He's still listening in. He's still listening. And we would know that he can also hear the other side. So he hears that Melvin Potter has an issue With Daredevil, he also knows Melvin Potter. So he has to realize, okay, this has to do something with a costume. Let's go see what's going on. And he does go off to Melvin Potter's shop. Now, in the meantime, you do see Kingpin is going around and trying to find the craziest guy he can find for the plan that he's going to put in motion. The plan is to get a serial killer to dress up as Daredevil and go and kill Daredevil and Matt Murdock's best friend and former partner, Foggy Nelson. He is going to have this guy. And he ends up, they end up getting a guy out of a mental hospital that is a convicted serial killer who kills families, uses knives. And the doctor is the worst. He's like, yeah, you know, he, he uses knives, but I'm sure you can figure out a way To make him use a club, I'm sure that'll happen, alright And they do arrange for him to be released And so that Kingpin can end up using him in this plan Again, to kill Foggy But also set up that Daredevil is a serial killer guy He's gonna kill people So it is going to pretty much end Daredevil But the big plan for Kingpin is This will bring Matt out of the woodwork. This will cause Matt to have to come back out. And then Kingpin can eventually, you know, now I can kill him for good. And he won't be able to get away from that at all. Well, you end up going to Melvin Potter's shop where he's talking to his ex-wife and social worker, Betsy Betty, who ended up getting him out of trouble when he was gladiator. This is what ends up, you know, getting him into this let's make the costume business deal. And so he's trying to get any sort of advice. What should I do? Should I make this costume? Hey, uh, Betsy, I just called you and he's like, no, 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 I I don't need any of your therapy stuff. I I just need your advice. I need somebody to tell me what to do. This is a guy who's scared. He wants to not do this for Kingpin. It seems as he just needs somebody to say yeah, don't do it. And then he won't. He'll make the stand. But In the meantime, Matt shows up, and Matt does not tell him no. Matt says, make it. Make the costume. No one will be hurt. And he says this to Melvin, who recognizes the voice as Daredevil and says, pleasure to hear your voice, Daredevil. And this is now when you end up having Ben Urich see Lois the nurse. Okay, I know you're alive now, Matt. I know Daredevil's back. You now have Melvin Potter, who make the costume, Melvin, nobody will be hurt. Good to hear your voice, Daredevil. People are starting to find out. Daredevil's back, and it's putting them at ease. It's actually helping them. He's already helping these people, even with a Melvin, to get it off his chest, get it out of his conscience that he's going to be doing something bad for Kingpin. But now Daredevil was there to tell him, it's okay, I'll make sure that everything's fine. You go off to Foggy, then, who is dealing with Karen... Paige, she's going through a full-out heroin withdrawal. She is throwing up. She's sick. She does just need another fix. And what you end up having throughout this series, especially in this issue, I think, is the idea of Frank Miller really doing this heroin addiction withdrawal. This He's doing it very well. This isn't going to be a happy story quickly. It's not going to be, hey, Karen, you get off the smack. Oh, man, Foggy, I feel better already. No, she is dealing with withdrawal here. And what most people in withdrawal want to do is get another fix. She is only in withdrawal right now because she's in Foggy's apartment and Foggy would not have the smack. If she was out and about and she thought she could leave without getting killed, she'd be going and buying heroin or at least trying to get heroin from somebody. She is not willingly in withdrawal. She is in withdrawal just because she can't get it. Uh, she's trying to tell Foggy, you've got to be careful, you know this. She's cold, she's throwing up. Foggy's trying to help her, but really he doesn't know what's going on. He is not somebody who's been around a heroin addict in withdrawal, but he's trying his best. He's being nice enough. Well, Karen goes off and she looks like hell. He looks out the window and there's Paulo. Paulo is across the street in the doorway and he sees her looking down. He's just smiling there in a trench coat and a hat. He looks like an obese, piece of crack Dick Tracy, is what he looks like. That's what he looks like. Really what I'm saying, Dick Tracy, right? And she's like, oh, my God, it's Paolo. He's going to kill us. Oh, my God, he's going to kill us. Oh, geez. And then you end up Boggy's He's like, I'm going to call the police. I'll I'll figure out what's going on. But what then happens, you go through a bunch of scenes. You do see the serial killer that is driving around with our man Felix. And Felix is giving him the instructions. All right, you put on this costume. You get this, you know, club. I'll tell you what's going on. But you have to follow the instructions. You have to listen closely and follow the instructions. Matt is actually riding on the hood of the car. He hears this. He's got to get off to Foggy's apartment. While you end up having the police show up and end up saying to Paulo, all right, raise your hands. I want to see your hands. Now, Paulo, we know he's like Mr. Shotgun. And his name is Paolo Scorsese, which kind of made me laugh. But he ends up pulling out the shotgun. I mean, this shotgun is just in that trench coat. He just pulls it out and kills two police officers. He kills them. They're dead. And he's laughing it up. He thinks it's hilarious. He takes a shot and shoots out Foggy's apartment window. And while this is going on, there's so many things going on in this because Kingpin has had guys hanging out outside the apartment as well, that if Foggy or Karen, anybody comes out, you kill them, and they want to know, should we stop this crazy guy? They call Kingbin. Hey, there's some guy, crazy guy with a shotgun, boss. What should we do? The police are showing up, all this. Police are dead. And Kim no, no, stay where you are if Pedro Nelson tries to leave the building. You kill them, but do it quickly because police are going to start arriving in mass. But this actually is good. To Kingpin, he's actually thinking to himself. Well, this is the thing. I needed an audience. I needed people around when this faux daredevil, crazy daredevil, showed up and killed Foggy. And now it'll be police. That's just as good. I mean, police seeing a daredevil killing that—that actually cuts the middleman. This is awesome. This will be cool. This is how this is going to go down. Well, you do go to the alley where my man Felix he has. Continued with his nonsense dialogue And even this He says to this serial killer Who's now fully dressed as Daredevil Move swiftly Make with an appearance at the window And don't forget the escape route Elsewise you'll be apprehensed Which would blow the pan in its entireness And I'm like oh Felix I love you Oh no Felix because he says It's apartment 5B And this guy is not saying a word He hasn't said anything They get him out of, it, out of the mental board He's a serial killer who is driving around with Felix as Felix is talking to him, trying to get him. And this guy's not talking at all. And he says, apartment 5B, say it back so I know you are not without ears. Almost like a play of a man without fear, a man without ears here. And you end up where the serial killer then gets the baton, just smacks Felix across the face, 5B, knocks him down. And then each time he says 5B, 5B, he is just beating the crap And killing Felix, Felix is dead My man Felix is gone He's done, and then you have This faux daredevil then Climb up to get to the rooftop Where he's going to go through, to get down To kill both Foggy and Karen and all this nonsense, well You end up having Foggy Still on the the, He ends up calling the police again He's like, oh my god, you know, I sent for police And now the two police, they're dead, oh my god Out of nowhere from behind Karen just comes and smashes a plant pot over Foggy's head. He gets knocked out. He's out cold. She leaves. Now, she has a couple reasons why she's doing this. One of them, she wants to get some smack. She she really, I think she really wants to go get some heroin. The other one, though, is actually, well, I, I don't want Foggy to get killed. This is all my fault. I'm the one who even screwed over Matt. Now Foggy's gonna get killed because of me. I can't live with that. I'm going to go out, and if Paula is going to kill anybody, he would just kill me. Now, in my mind at this point, for a second, you're sitting there like this daredevil, this serial killer, faux daredevil, is now going to go into the building from the roof. This was the plan. Go to the roof. Go through there. Go down to 5B. Kill Foggy. And he is going to get there. Foggy isn't going to be able to fight back. Foggy is knocked out. This is the worst situation that we can have. Luckily, the door is locked. The door at the top. Now, Felix, before he just got bludgeoned to death, he said that the door would definitely be open. Something is wrong, and you have this faux daredevil banging on the door, just banging on it, and all of a sudden, a arm just comes through the door. It breaks through the door and punches this guy right in the face, and again, puffy jacket, red gloves. You're like, all right, but then another roundhouse a roundhouse that actually breaks this door in about 100 pieces and connects with this faux daredevil's face it's a great move he ends up just boom knocking him down while you end up having karen run out in the street and says maybe maybe if i talk to paula he will be nice he'll just slap me around maybe he'll even fix me up he's always Karen. she just wants the drugs now and again this is not Good, bad, or indifferent. This is a heroin addict. This is what a heroin addict would do, especially in withdrawal. They just need another fix. So she's not really thinking right, even though she says to herself, crazy junkie, he'll kill you. Think of Foggy, all this stuff. Where in the meantime, you have Kingpin just sitting there as all this is going down. He's at his destiny. He's like, yeah. Real shame about that foggy. Really? I just hired him and I thought that he'd be pretty good. You know, I, it's a kind of a shame. He is a pretty good lawyer, but hey, gotta kill him to bring Matt Murdock out of the, the shadows. Well, you end up having Karen then run into Apollo, and Paulo just grabs her and slams her into the, the, the wall, into the, the bricks of the wall of the alley. And she doesn't get knocked out. She's kind of hurt. But in the meantime, Kingpins hit guys. They see Karen, and they they were told, and they're not. you got to listen to King, but they were told that if Karen or Foggy or both come out, you kill them. So they get out and start open fire, and you end up having them, like, wondering, are we supposed to kill this other guy, this Dick Tracy-looking guy who, at this point, actually looks like the mask? Hey, are we supposed to kill him? Yeah, what the heck? Let's kill them both. And they start firing, and they hit him in the shoulder. Firing keeps going as... The rooftop battle between Matt Murdock and this foe Daredevil continue. And this guy, you're even mimicking some really big moments and shots of Daredevil as this insane guy is Daredevil. And he just get 5B and he just keeps saying it, 5B, 5B, 5B. Finally, Matt gives the guy the classic, you know, punch or, or fingers to the throat. And then just roundhouses him again. I think he split his pants like seventeen times. But this guy is out. I mean, he is out. But he took a beating. Well, we go back to the gunfight between Kingpin's hit guys and Karen and Paulo. The thing that this is the next thing that is that does bother me. By the end, it's actually that the Kingpin hit guys definitely hit Paulo in the chest. They. Definitely shoot Polo in the chest. You see it right on the panel when he gets hit. Then he's laying on the ground and you can see the blood pulling out of his chest onto his shirt. And again, in a very realistic, a really awful scene, but a realistic scene where you do have hitmen coming to shoot Karen. Paulo seems like he should be dying right now. He's saying, OK, get my gun, kill them. Come on, Karen, you know, protect us. She starts rooting through his his coat for drugs. These hitmen are coming at her, and all she wants is a needle, which she finds. And she thinks to herself, I'm going to be dead anyway. At least I can go out and join that last high. And she's going to give herself, you know, some heroin. She's going to mainline. She's trying. She's fumbling a little. She's scared. She's nervous. She can't find a vein right away. Well, you do end up having, while this is going on, Paulo is laying there and is like, you piece of crap. I mean, really? You're going to steal from me now? And he does get the gun then, and he's going to shoot Karen. But you have Matt Murdock on the roof who then kicks the side of the building where an icicle just comes down, you know, like a giant sword and goes into the arm of Paulo that has the gun. He drops the gun. You end up then having Karen accidentally drop the needle as... The club, the Billy club, uh, comes flying from Matt Murdock to hit this hitman that is going to kill Karen. And that's where Matt then comes down and hugs Karen. And you get that, you know, final deal where Matt is there to protect her and to help her. Even with the idea that she was the one that turned him in, he still doesn't care. He's going to help him. This is a rebirth. And one of these things of it is, the idea that he says later to Karen, it doesn't matter. You know, everything from before is gone. I'm, I'm, I'm rising up anew. I'm born again. We're going to start from scratch here. And he does try to help Karen. But you end with Ben Urich pretty much telling the story of all this and says, Oh, in case you're too lazy to read the newspaper or worse, you got it from television. A lot has happened. Five bodies were found by the police in the West Side Department building. Uh The live one was on the roof, stripped naked and suffering from multiple contusions. Turns out he's a certified lunatic. That was the guy who was dressed up as Daredevil, and Matt would have to take off that uniform. You can't have a Daredevil up there. That's a certified lunatic, all this stuff. You know, you end up having the hitmen, they're dead. You end up having police dead. Well, you end up having Paulo He's getting taken away by the police. Now, he was shot in the chest. I understand you're still going to arrest him if he lived, but I think he'd be on a stretcher going to the hospital, not in cuffs where they're forcing him into a car. He was hit in the chest unless he had a bottle of ketchup in his pocket. There was blood everywhere. It was right in the chest. So, like I said, that was a little off to me. And and even if you didn't have the second shot, he did get shot in the arm, kind of the shoulder area. And you could tell me, well, that blood kind of went down the other way. You see him get shot point – not point blank, but pretty close in the chest. So, that's a little off. That does affect my deal a little. But, yeah, you, you even find out the woman and man police officers, they had families there left to wonder why – you have Paulo going, he's going to get drug trafficking, murder, armed robbery, all these things going down. And then Ben Yurick says, Doris, while well, her neck still hurts, she's taken to wearing a scarf to hide the bruise. Uh, even laughs because, hey, you sound like Brenda Boccario. It's kind of a, a reference from the time. And he says, As for me, like I told you, I'm a reporter. I'm going to find out where Matt Marek is and what he has become. And that ends. Pretty much the official, at least the branded deal. You will continue with the storyline, but this is the Born Again story. As you go, you do end up having, as we set up, Kingpin getting Nuke to come into town with a few days to thrill that sort of thing. And you continue finding out how Matt's going to go from here, how he's going to help Karen and things like that. But, of course, the story's going to continue, but this is where we will stop with the Born Again deal and i said this issue a little down from the last one just those little things it is an exciting issue but the idea of it and the intriguing part and the really well played out part was seeing kingpin trying to get this plan meticulously planning and it not going right seeing matt just struggling and going and then rising and then finding out his mother is the nun all these that that's huge this one is just You know, right at you, we're going to end this. And it's done well, but those two little things did throw me off a little, but still, it's still a 9.3 to me. 9.3 out of 10, and it's still great. It really is. I, I really like the whole story. The whole story is awesome. One of the best, you know, story arcs that I've read in maybe ever because it is that good. And I suggest if you do even have a passing interest, not even in Daredevil, in a gritty, you know, down to earth in a kind of bad way at times. story that doesn't feel necessarily fully like a superhero story, Uh, really, go and read this, and I think you'll love it. And I do see some of the things, some of the things that Chip Zdarsky is playing with in his current run, trying to get that feel, trying to get some of this feel, and he has been doing it pretty well. I will tell you, he has been doing a really good job of it. That's why I ended up, In a weird backdoor way of coming into this through the Chip Zdarsky Daredevil because I didn't really have that much of a love or concern for Daredevil but he ended up making me like Daredevil which then I can go back now and read the classics and I'm sure from here I will go to Man Without Fear probably that would be on the Patreon though I'll probably do that as a Patreon type of thing now and again. But if you are interested in that, you could go over to the Patreon and check some things out. Like I said at the beginning, I even just did the Galactus Trilogy, Fantastic Four. And I'm going to be doing a bunch of the Ultimate Spider-Man stuff starting this Monday coming up on the Patreon as well. Because Ultimate Spider-Man is the Marvel Character of the Month. So I'll be doing stuff with that. But thanks everybody for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed hearing me loving a book. And loving a series and all that, but from now on, now that this is done, I'm gonna use this space to have two of the X-Men catch up episodes a week so that we can get caught up at a certain time when most of the books are coming back. So I hope you enjoy that. And I'll I will tell you also, if some of the books start coming out and there's a lot of books and Brandon doesn't want to read it and things like that. I may then go and say, hey, you know, this episode I'm going to deal with three of the new books as well or something like that. But we'll figure it out. We'll figure things out as we go. I just like putting a bunch of episodes out there and get some people angry at me. That's fun, right? So thanks, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. And I will talk to you soon.